the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Dudley Rutherford, and I'm the pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses here in the greater Los Angeles area, Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Aqua Dulce. I am so excited about our new home right here on KKLA and the 7 p.m. time slot. Thank you for joining me today. Our radio program is called Lift Up Jesus. Don't you love that name? Lift Up Jesus, because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. So whether you're driving right now or listening at home or at work, I want you to join me nightly at 7 o'clock p.m., Monday through Friday on KKLA. There is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. So every day at 7 p.m., we're going to open up God's Word, hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. I want you to know that Shepherd Church is only about a 20 or 30 minute drive from anywhere in this city. We are a multiracial, multi-generational church that is built on biblical preaching, dynamic worship. We have ministries for every stage of life you may be going through, children's programs for toddlers to teens, a sports ministry with leagues and programs for kids to adults, and care ministries for those who are going through divorce, grief, or serious illness like cancer. You can visit our website at liftupjesus.com. Do you have that? Liftupjesus.com. Thank you for tuning in to Lift Up Jesus with me, Pastor Dudley Rutherford. You'll be enriched and encouraged by today's message. So let's dive right in. Take your Bibles, if you will, and uh, your sermon outline. I want to continue to lay the groundwork for the entire year. I'm just trying to get you to think about things that are eternal so that you might have a proper perspective in life and set your priorities in proper order and then know your purpose, uh, why God has you here. And my first point, I want to talk about three things that are eternal. And the first one, I want you to write this down, is the Word of God. The Word of God is eternal. Matthew 24, verse 35 says that heaven and earth which is where you live, will pass away. But my words will never pass away. Psalm 119 verse 89 says, Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. We've talked in recent weeks about how nations rise and fall, that kingdoms come and go, but the word of God will never pass away. We have seen throughout history, all you have to do is study history, we know that atheists have denied it and agnostics have ignored it and Hollywood can scorn it and comedians can mock it and politicians can make rules against it and culture and popular opinion can attempt to change it, but the Bible will never pass away.
Now, here's a guy named William Tyndale. Now, William, we know that he could speak eight different languages. And William Tyndale was the first person to ever translate the Bible, the New Testament, into English. Now, there's a couple of things you need to know about that. For over a thousand years, the only Bibles were in Latin. So you would come to church and you would sit and the entire service, the whole thing was in Latin. And you'd just have to sit there and listen to it. And people went. That's what surprises me. (laughs) But the church believed that if they could control the language, that they could control the people. And William Tyndale believed that the church should not have that kind of power over the people. He believed that the people should be able to have a Bible in their own native language. It was against the law of the land, so when he eventually produces the New Testament in English, so you can read it, they ended up throwing him in jail for a year and a half, and then they took him out of the jail cell, and they tied him, and they burned him at a stake. They literally burned him alive. And what was his crime? So that you could sit here today with the Bible in English. He was the first person ever translate the Bible into modern English. The Bible has survived being banned. It has survived being collected and burned. It has survived being ridiculed and scorned. It has survived against claims that it is outdated or man-made. It has survived against those who have sought to destroy it. The New Testament that you have is some 2,000 years old. The Old Testament is 3,500 years old. Just a few years ago in 1947, in the caves of Qumran, they found what's called the Dead Sea Scrolls. When Jesus was here on the earth, there were scribes that were writing down Old Testament scriptures, right? And the Romans were coming to destroy the Jewish people. And so there were some scribes down by the Dead Sea that was writing all the Bibles and the scrolls and they would put them in jars and they would hide them in the caves just for protection. And they were buried for 2,000 years in those caves. And it was only in 1947 that a shepherd boy threw a rock in one of those caves and he heard it, it hit something and it broke and he climbed in there and it was a jar and they opened it up, they didn't know what it was. And it got to some Hebrew scholars and they discovered that these were scriptures that are 2,000 years old. And they found in those jars, 2,000 years old, the complete book of Isaiah. Completely intact. The entire book. And when they unscrolled it, you have to understand, it's been in the ground for 2,000 years. When they opened up the book of Isaiah and they looked at it, Word for word, it was exactly as the, it is in your Bible right now, the book of Isaiah. They looked at it. Well, it hasn't changed, hasn't changed in 2,000 years. Today, the Bible has been translated in over 2,000 languages. And imagine if one nation or one kingdom said we need to ban the Bible and they tried to get rid of it. Well, there's still 1,999 other translations of the Bible. And today, with the internet, they'll never get rid of the Bible. The Word of God is eternal. Number two, write this down. The soul of man. The Bible speaks very clearly about this. I want you to take your Bibles. We're going to look up a couple of verses. Go to Psalm 139 as quickly as you can. Psalm 139. The psalmist says to God, God, you created my inmost being. 
God, you knit me together inside my mother's womb. So here's the question. When I was inside my mother's womb, what was God doing? According to that verse, he was just knitting me together inside my mother's womb. Now watch this. The psalmist says, I praise you, God, because I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know this full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Now here, here it is, verse 16. Your eyes, God, the eyes of God, saw my unformed body. And God said, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before even one of them came to be. I want you to think about that. It was all written down. Life begins at conception. But I want to tell you something that's even deeper than that. Go over to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. He tells Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought when I was in the womb, you were knitting me together. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says, before I formed you, I knew who you were. And he says in that verse, before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Here's what I believe. I believe that life begins at conception, but I believe that before, before conception, God knows who you are. Before you were formed, before you were conceived, before I knit you together, in my mind, I already knew who you were going to be. And so then when you're conceived, that's when he creates what he's already thought. He says, before I created you, before I formed you, I decided, Jerry, that you were going to be a prophet to the nation of Israel and that you would stand and declare the word of God to the people of Israel before he formed Jeremiah. Now, life begins and you're born. Whether, what, no matter what you believe, you do believe that you were born, right? <laughs> and you're made in the image of God, and God is eternal. And you live five years, you get to live five years, you get to live 15 years, 50 years, 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, maybe 100. Do not think that life consists just of this life, but here's what happens. The earthly body will one day die, but your soul, the essence of who you are, is ushered into a place called eternity. Every single person, I want you looking around this room, every single one of you have a human body and every single one of you this very moment, right now while you're sitting here, that frail body is deteriorating. But here's what happens. Look at Ecclesiastes 12. Here it is. When you die, here's what the Bible teaches. This eternal word of God says that the dust returns to the ground from which it came and the spirit or the soul returns to God who gave it. And if you understand that, if you really truly understand that you're only here for a little while and then you're going to die and this old body that came from the dirt is going to be put back into the ground and turned back into dirt, but the spirit, your spirit, your soul is going to continue on, you would realize how valuable the brief few years on earth that you actually have. And you would spend every waking moment of your time on this earth serving an almighty God knowing that one day you're going to be ushered into that eternity. Mark 8, 36 says this, what good, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit 
His soul. What good is it if a man makes a billion dollars? What good is it if a man wins a thousand national championships? What good is it if a man has a hundred million people following him on Instagram? What good is it if you have 50,000 pairs of shoes in your closet? What good is it if you have 20,000 pieces of jewelry? What good is it if you own 500 Ferraris? What good is it if you have 1,700 gold Rolex watches? What good is it if you have 10,000 Bitcoin? You got all that, yet you forfeit your own soul. What he's saying is that your one soul is worth more than the entire world put together. There are 8 billion people on this earth. They've all been born. They're all living. But they will all one day die. They'll be placed in the ground. But then what happens to all 8 billion of us? John chapter 5 tells us these words. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear His voice. And what? Verse 29 says, you're going to come out. And those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. The soul of man is eternal. Don't live for just now. Live for the eternal. And number three, write this down. The Word of God is eternal. The soul of man is eternal. And the love of God is eternal. We know that God is eternal because the Bible says in Hebrews 13:8, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is, God is eternal. We learn from 1 John 4, 8 that God is love. So if you do the math, God is eternal and God is love, then God's love is eternal. The grace of God is eternal. The mercy of God is eternal. In Psalm 136, there are 26 verses If you just look at the first verse, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. But it has this line, His love endures forever. And in each of those 26 verses, in one chapter, it says, His love endures forever. His love endures forever. There's 26 verses in one chapter, and in every verse, 26 times in that one chapter, it says, His love endures forever. His love endures endures forever there's two times his love endures forever his love endures forever his love endures forever his love endures forever 26 times he's trying to tell you something his love endures forever god is love god is eternal the love of god is eternal now listen to me listen to me listen to me he loves you before you were ever born. In fact, He loves you before you were conceived. He loved you when you were conceived. He loved you when you were in your mother's womb and He was in there knit you together. He loved you after you were born and He loves you right now. With all of your messed up life. With your broken heart. With your sinful ways. And He loves you if you serve Him, and He loves you if you don't serve Him. He loves you if you obey Him. He loves you if you don't obey Him. He loves you if you're following Him. He loves you if you're running away from Him. He loves you. The most powerful human illustration of that 
was when God told Hosea, the Old Testament prophet, to go down on the street corner where there was a woman down there who was selling her body. She was a woman of ill repute, and God told the preacher, go marry that woman. And Hosea said, what do you, what do you, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to go get that woman of ill repute and get her off the street and bring her into your home and make her your bride and to love her the way I've loved you. And Hosea goes, okay. <laughs> and he goes down there and he gets that woman off the street and he brings her into his house and she's redeemed and she's made whole and she's loved and she's provided for and she's cared for and she's in this house when she didn't deserve such love but she was loved anyway. And then one day, Hosea wakes up and his wife is gone. Where did she go? And he looks and she's back on the streets. She's back selling her body again for a price. And his heart, as you can imagine, is crushed because the one he loved, the one he redeemed, has chosen to go back into the world. And Hosea says, God, what do you want me to do now? And God says to Hosea, it's the greatest illustration of human love. He says, Hosea, I want you to go get her and redeem her a second time. Lord, what in the world are you talking about? I've already done that once. But God says, Hosea, I'm a God of the second chance. I want you to go get her and redeem her again. But God, she has embarrassed me. She has broken my heart. She sets a bad example for all the couples in our church. And that's not what I imagined a preacher's wife would be doing. And God says to Hosea, 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 my love never ceases i don't care where she is go get her and bring her back and restore her and redeem her again because that's who i am and i hope you're listening because the most powerful godly illustration is the story of creation where god looked down and created you god just created you he he knit you together See, all this ties together. The Word of God is eternal. The soul of man is together is is eternal and the love of God. God just looked down and just, you know, I'm going to create man. Why would He do that? Because He loves you. And then He created the earth and said, this is yours to enjoy. Why would God create this beautiful earth for us to enjoy? He could have put us up there on on the moon where there's nothing up there but dirt and can't even breathe up there. Why would he give us the earth? Because he loves us. And so how did we respond when God created us? How did we, man, respond to that that picture of love? We rejected him. We turned our backs on him. We ate the fruit of the tree. We sinned. We said, we don't care what you want, God. We're going to live the way we want. So God doesn't stop loving us. He sends us his son, Jesus Christ, into this world. God came to this earth in the flesh. He walked among, amongst men. And why, why would God send Jesus down on this earth? Well, to love on us some more and to set an example for us and to teach us and to heal us and to forgive us and to pray for us 
and to set a good example for us and to just to help us. That's why, that's why he sent Jesus here. So now we have God's son here walking with us. And so how do we respond to that? Oh, we rejected him. Again, we turned our backs on him. We cursed him again. We ran from him again. And we nailed him to a cross. God allowed his own son to die on a cross for the sins of the world, to forgive the ones who actually nailed him to that cross. He died to heal you. He died to forgive you. He died to set you free. And so he dies on a cross. He's buried, and three days later he resurrected. And now how do we respond? We reject him again. Surely we're not that dumb. We turned our backs on him again. Think about this. Jesus died on a cross for every single person. And how many people still reject that love? If I were God, I would turn you all into French fries. I'd zap every one of you. But no. You can run a thousand miles away from God, but God still loves you. Today, he sent you here to hear this message that the love of God, he loves you whether you follow him or whether you don't follow him. He loves you whether you obey him or not obey him. He loves you whether you say yes or whether or not you say no. He still loves you. He loves you before you were born. He loves you when you were born. He'll always love you and he will never stop love you. He says this, I've always, I've always loved you. I love you now and I'll never stop loving you. You say, how do you know that? The Bible says these words in Romans chapter 8. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh. And today, you ought to run down these aisles today and give your life to someone who loves you unconditionally someone who will be faithful to you no matter what you do or where you go he will he will love you he will always seek to redeem you and to restore you when you have fallen he gave his life so that you might be free that you might be set free why would you continue to live a life of rebellion when you should come today and say thank you lord and fall at his feet and invite him into your heart and to serve him the rest of the short days you have left on this earth so that you might be with him for all of eternity. I want to thank you for joining me today at Lift Up Jesus with Dudley Rutherford. You know, it's so wonderful that technology allows us to hear the message of the gospel over the radio waves. But we'd also love to have you come and hear God's word in person at Shepherd Church. I would love for you to come visit our church. We have three campuses in the greater Los Angeles area, Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Aqua Dulce. So wherever you live in Los Angeles, you can get to one of our campuses in about 20 minutes. Because you know, there's not a lot of traffic on Sunday mornings. We are a multiracial, multi-generational church that is built on biblical preaching and dynamic worship. We have ministries for every stage of life you might be going through children's programs for toddlers to teens, a sports ministry with leagues and programs for 
kids to adults. We have care ministries for those who are going through divorce, grief, or some serious illness like cancer. We invite you to come. Check us out during one of our many service times on Saturday night or Sunday morning. Visit our website at liftupjesus.com. That's liftupjesus.com to get more information about our church, our locations, and our service times. If you feel led to support us in this radio outreach, I invite you to partner with us at liftupjesus.com. Would you come and help us lift up his name? Come and help us lift up Jesus to this lost and dying world. For a financial gift of any amount, we will send you our Anchored Bible Study Journal. This journal features a Bible reading plan. There's a page to journal for every day of the year. There are thought-provoking questions and inspirational quotes that will take you deeper into God's Word. Again, you can call us toll-free at 888-818-4777 or visit our website at liftupjesus.com. We would love to hear from you. I would love to hear from you. And remember to meet me, Dudley Rutherford, here every weekday, 7 p.m., as we continue to lift up Jesus. Jesus.